folks. The Field and Garden Podcast is honored to be partnering with the Growing for Market magazine. They have been publishing practical ideas and information for direct market flower and vegetable growers for over 31 years. All the articles are written by farmers who get their hands dirty and know what they're doing. The magazine is still on the same mission as when the Flower Farmer book author Lynn Bozinski founded this magazine back in 1992 to connect growers with the best ideas from other growers. There is dedicated flower content in every magazine, a decade's worth of back issues and over 1,600 archived articles from writers like Aaron Benzenkang, Gretel Adams, Pamela and Frank Arnowski, and Jonathan and Megan Lease, all available on the website. With 10 new issues every year available on paper, digital, or both, you're guaranteed to find something to fine-tune your farm and growing for market. So if you do farmer's markets, CSA, farm stands, pick your own florist sales, or wholesaling, whether you're a commercial grower or you just want to grow like one, subscribe to Growing for Market for the nitty-gritty details of growing, marketing, and the business of local farming. And I have a special offer for you. Use the coupon code WORKSHOP to get 25% off any subscription to the original Farmer to Farmer magazine at growingformarket.com. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of the Field and Garden Podcast. It is your friend and host, Lisa Mason Ziegler, and super glad you dropped in. Kind of a different topic today, but at the end, you'll understand where the beginning is, right? I think. So today I am thinking do I have or do you have potentially? a misguided passion, and we will talk about that in just a minute. But first, friends, if you want to learn more about the Gardener's Workshop and all the work that we're doing, you can find kind of home base is over at thegardenersworkshop.com where we have a fully stocked online garden shop that just offers the same tools, seeds, and supplies of course, plus my books, um, the same stuff that I use, as well as we have a phone app um, where we do a live shopping show once a week. So you can just search your phone app store for Gardener's Workshop, download it, and join me on Fridays at 12 noon, or you can catch the replays anytime. And it's just a really fun way and a different look where you watch the live show and I talk about and show the flowers that we're growing and harvesting, and um, it's just a lot of fun. So I invite you um, to venture on over to thegardenersworkshop.com and learn more about us. So misguided passion, what in the world could that be? So that is really about should you go into business or should you grow flowers for joy? And I say this because I just had um, a conversation not very long ago with somebody that went full circle. They 
loved growing fl- they loved gardening, they loved growing flowers, and they loved growing masses of flowers, which is kind of the same boat that I'm in. I totally love big gardens, buckets of flowers, just just a lot of flowers, just everything about it. Rows and rows of little plants, you know, starting a bunch of seeds, you know what I mean? The whole process of growing flowers, right? And, but this person um, suggested that they really felt like to be able to do that, they really needed to justify that by going into business and selling. And they really didn't need a job. They just thought that that was the process to do that. But, you know, I want to just suggest and say that it is perfectly acceptable perfectly doable to grow flowers as a way to grow joy. And what do I mean by that? I'm talking about sharing flowers Um, and, you know, to share the goodwill with, I mean, not only the hurting, the lonely, and the helpless, right? But those people that are out there doing that you know, when you kind of look at them, it's like, my goodness, that's a thankless job. I mean, I think of so many um, people in service to others um, that just, what a great gift it would be to just hand them a big bouquet of flowers on a Friday and say, take these home to your wife or take these home to your family or, you know, enjoy. No big deal. I mean, it's actually pretty dadgum exciting and fun. And I know this because now that we have moved, um, you know, I love flower farming. I love everything about flower farming, as I've just previously mentioned, right? But after flower farming for almost, well, for, I've been 25 years this year, but about three years ago, we started moving away from production, meaning growing and selling our flowers. And because my picture kind of changed, um, while I loved, I mean, I loved pulling into the parking lot of my commercial customers. And even after all these years, they still ran out to see what was in my truck. I loved the farmer's market where people just got such joy and wonder from asking about the flowers and seeing them and in all of me growing them and, um, all of these parts of being a flower farmer, I just absolutely loved. But what took me over was my desire to help more people do what I do. To know that as a city-dwelling, non-horticulture um, background person, that you can become a flower farmer if you want to. And so... That shifted our gears, which then meant we're still growing flowers because of our education garden um, and all these other ways that we're using these flowers. But what ended up happening is the flowers didn't really have anywhere to go, right? So we began far more deliberate gifting of flowers. And it's just we've always gifted flowers throughout the years, you know, I mean, but the bottom line is, is when you're cutting, when you're starting, planting, caring for, 
harvesting and selling 10 to 15,000 stems of flowers a week, you don't do a lot of gifting, thinking. You, you just don't have time. I mean, you don't even have time to go to the grocery store most often. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So gifting kind of took the way back seat. Um, we used to do right much of it when I first started, you know, when you have a lot of extra flowers because you haven't built your customer bank up yet or whatever. Um, so we used to do a lot of gifting. Then as we ramped our business up um, for about a whole decade of just pedal to the metal, growing and selling flowers and figuring all this out. So as I've shifted gears from going from being a high production cut flower grower in the middle of the city um, to an educator to be able to help really people all over the world to be able to do what I'm doing. And that has allowed us to really implement a little bit of the growing for joy again, and that is gifting our flowers. And um, we do it in a lot of different ways, but one of the primary ways we're currently doing it is um, with my mother-in-law's retirement community where she lives. And so about maybe like every three to four weeks, um, I, that week's harvest, we either make it into bouquets and take them over there. Um, depends on if it's going to employees, which they have about 60 to 80 employees, or is it going to residents um, that live there? So we do it in a variety of ways, but I just cannot tell you how affirming it is. And what I what this is really all about, this whole podcast, is to just kind of say, if that's the only reason you're growing flowers, that is a higher calling than going into business in my book. Um, going into business is... I mean, I love business. I love everything about business. I love the whole process. That's why I do what I do and share it and teach it and help guide people, right? But this, I think that there are some of us out there that really don't need to go into business, don't really want to go into business, that there is even a greater calling um opportunity. And that, that is the gifting of bouquets. And I know that there are people out there doing it. Um, and I'm just saying it does not have to be that big or it can be that big. Um, you know, to say I'm going to gift five bouquets a week or 10 bouquets a week and, um, you know, to share that goodwill just makes people feel seen and acknowledged, and just changes everything. I mean, it's almost like that whole pay it forward kind of thing. One of the practices um, that's really strong in our church community is taking food to people. You know, when somebody gets sick, or something tragic happens, or somebody passes away, has a baby, um, any of those things, you know, the first thing our church does is get a meal train going, you know, and we feed the people. And to hear, particularly if it's somebody new to our community or a neighbor or somebody like that, I mean, it touches people. Well, that's exactly what flowers do. Um, you know, loving people, regardless of any flaws, right, or um, it's just really special. 
So what I want to say is that it is totally, totally doable in the sense that the way that I teach farming, um, you know, get in for low investment, high return as a business person is a perfect model for a gifting. Meaning we start primarily everything from seed, low investment, um, easy learning curve, as well as a learning curve that you can screw up and not take a great loss, right? Um, And it's just really, really manageable and doable. And um, it's just an investment, a low investment opportunity for you to go on a mission to lift other people, right? So, and here's the other thing I wanted to say, and I don't really, you know, I'm a, I'm of the mind thought that you should just, if you're, if you do want to be a flower farmer, you just need to jump in and start. That's the only way you're ever going to learn, y'all. I mean, how many books could you read about learning how to drive a car? But even if you read a hundred books, you still could not drive a car until you get in it, sit down and do the job. What's well, the same thing with flower farming and business? However, if there are circumstances, there are circumstances that sometimes a dry run really helps you. One that is a frequent flyer in my world um, is that a lot of people that are picking up flower farming as a second career are people that are preparing for retirement. And I'm not sure if this is um, because of where I live. You know, we live in a heavily um, military base area as well as NASA is here. So we have a lot of civil servants. And many of those, unlike self-employed people who tend to work till they die, right? Um, A lot of them retire at a fairly young age when you look at the overall lifespan of people, right? And we see a lot of people that are like, oh my gosh, I'm retiring from my government job in two years um, and I want to kind of get my engines running, right? So I see this is a great way, gifting, not only is a great service project, but it can help you lay... I mean, it's actually the way that I recommend people farm is to start really small, learn how to maintain a working garden, totally different than a landscape, y'all, or a small home garden. Um, Get your feet, you know, get your feet in this dirt and your hands dirty and, and get moving with that. So that is one group that perhaps having a gifting garden can really help prepare you for where you're going. And then, of course, we have that group of folks that just really have no confidence that they can do this. Because let's face it, it's really a big bite to learn how to grow commercially and to learn how to start a business. Those are two huge endeavors. And to do them both at the same time is more than some want to take on. I believe everybody can do it, especially if you follow my system of simplicity and keeping your blinders on. But this would be a great way to kind of get part of it under your belt. If you want to build confidence, you know, if you're unsure, you know, 
take a consideration of that. And, you know, you never know where something is going to guide you. Um, I'm at a point now where I just, we just had our TGW um, annual picnic. We have two parties a year at the Gardener's Workshop. We have an annual picnic here on the farm, and that gets everybody over here. Um, and then we also have a Christmas party. And last, um, last night's annual picnic, um, I really reflected that you may or may not know about how, you know, I'm in the middle of the city, yet my neighbor, um, for up until about three or four, well, actually three or four years ago, was a 40-acre horse boarding farm, which used to previously be a dairy um cow dairy, all owned by the same person throughout the last 90 years. Excuse me. And um, when that farm was sold and transformed into 90 houses three or four years ago, it was very, very difficult for me. I mean, it was devastating. I have often compared it that the only thing more devastating to me was the death of my parents you know, I mean, it was just, and it was a long process. It was years. Um, it was incredibly, um, incredibly difficult on so many levels. And I've previously, I mean, there's blogs about it um, where I talked about it. But one of the things that I reflected on last night is that the Gardener's Workshop would not be what it is today had that not happened. Because when that started to unfold about a decade ago, I knew the plans that were coming. I just didn't know when it would actually happen. Um, Besides the loss of all of that wildlife and seeing horses next to my fence instead of a house, you know, put all that aside. I was, and I am like the last standing commercial farmer in my city. I really did not know what was going to happen to my business. I didn't know, was I going to be able to farm? You know, being the last man standing brings a whole lot of issues with city ordinances and all of that. And that is what pushed me to start exploring all these other opportunities beyond the actual growing and selling of the flowers. You know, selling the stuff you do it with, teaching other people how to do it. All of that came into play. Let's write a book. You know, I would have never perhaps taken that plunge had those houses not come. And I'm by no means saying I'm glad those houses came. I guess what I'm saying is I'm glad of what came out of that really bad situation. Um, So you never know where an opportunity is going to grow out of your passion. You know, everything I do today in business is based on all of my years of flower farming and my experiences. You know, looking back, it's just really easy now to see the full circle, but I could go deep on that. I mean, that was really, really a hard time, but now's a really, really good time. 
And I just want to say that if you feel like you don't know what you want to do or it's not quite time for you yet or you're just unsure, jump in and do it. Um, Just start and start small and make a plan. You know, I mean, one of the things that I've recommended and I can't even think of what the where it is that I talked about this, you know, I would not take five or 10 bouquets to the same place week after week because that overwhelms. But to sit down and make a list of maybe five to 10 different places, people, groups, retirement homes, fire department, police department, schools for teachers, show up in the school office and say, here's 20 wrapped bouquets, and that's what we've started doing, is actually dropping those mixed bouquets into our craft bouquet sleeves and having the children at the Learning Center, which is our church's child care um, and preschool, decorate the sleeves with messages. I mean, y'all, it's endless. It's endless. We could all start delivering joy and still just not even peck away at, you know, that would be the BB in the Astrodome, right? So friends, just jump in and do it, whether it's starting a business, starting a, you know, a grow from joy, because it's good. It's really, really good. It's okay to grow a lot of flowers and not sell it. That's what I want to say, and it is totally doable with the way that I farm. Literally a wheelbarrow, some compost, some seeds, um, some bare bones seed starting equipment and leaves (laughs) and you're off and running. You know, you can get started, especially if you start small and starting small is the secret to success, y'all. All right, friends, till we meet again, do you have a misguided passion? That's what I want to leave you with. And don't be afraid to move on it. Ciao.